In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Eternal Father, you called St. Philip the Evangelist to open his mouth, and beginning with Scripture, tell the good news of Jesus Christ. By virtue of our baptism, we too are called to work for the salvation of souls. Instill in our hearts the zeal of St. Philip, that we may convert hearts and minds to your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to the St. Philip Institute podcast, where we talk about how to navigate life in the light of faith. Today's episode, we're going to be talking with Miss Debbie Vintage of Children of God for Life. His Excellency Bishop Joseph Strickland is here with me, and I'm Stacy Trasankos, um, Executive Director of the St. Philip Institute, and Bishop is the founder of the St. Philip Institute. Um, and we're so excited to talk to Debbie Vintage again today. We spoke with her a few weeks ago, and we're returning back to a topic that we originally called um, Right the Wrong. We're going to talk today about one wrong righted. I want to explain a little bit about our approach in the podcast today because it's a bit different. We have in the past, we started out with a podcast about how to teach the Catholic faith. That was um, the purpose of every episode, and we've learned that it's a good time to evolve that to make it a little more real. We did an episode last week on racism that felt like a very right thing to do. We took a difficult topic, and we put it on the table, and everyone involved looked at it from his or her different uh, viewpoint and and it's a practice in empathy and learning to see the same issue through the eyes of other people and we all did it the safe and the beautiful thing is we all did it in the light of faith the topic that we're putting on the table today returning to is this issue of the use of aborted children in the production of vaccines there's a whole lot you can say about every single word there to clarify and we're going to do that um, but we started this campaign talking about righting a wrong, the use of aborted children in the production of vaccines historically. And with the pandemic of the COVID-19 that we've all been facing um, and this big issue of a vaccine being required for everyone in the whole world to get rid of this um, this virus that's pervaded the world, there's a big race to produce a vaccine against this virus. And a lot of the manufacturers are using the cell lines that originate from aborted children. They're also using aborted children in testing with um, the humanized mice. So we were covering all of that we're going to return to it because since we started talking about it, there is a change in one company to use an ethical cell line to work on its vaccine. And this company also is in the race to produce a COVID-19 vaccine. So thank you for coming back with us, Debbie. You're our new um, great friend 
Um, we're so happy to have you here today, and thank you for all the work you do at Children of God for Life, for founding it and for running that organization to give us the truth about this issue. Well, thank you for having me back on again, um, Stacey. It's, it's such an important topic, and, um, and I love it when I can come on and give good news for a change. Well, thank you so much. Um, so the, the one we're talking about, this came out last week and Bishop Strickland tweeted about it. Um, it's, a, it's a vaccine from Sanofi Pasteur, the polio vaccine. Could you tell right. us a little more about that, Debbie? Sure. Um, the polio, first of all, to give you a little background, Sanofi Pasteur actually had uh, four different polio vaccines. Okay, one was called Penticel, well, I'll start with the easy one. The easy one is called Poliovax. Poliovax is a separate dose for polio. That's all it is. It doesn't combine any other vaccines with it. And the that one is made using aborted fetal cell line called MRC5. And MRC5 was um, an abortion that was done um, in the late 60s, and the they used the lung tissue of a 14-week gestation male baby. And then they produce this cell line. And that cell line is used in several vaccines. So Sanofi Pasteur was using that for their poliovax. At the same time, they had another vaccine called IPOL, I-P-O-L. It stands for intravenous polio vaccine. And that one, they were using monkey kidney cells. It's called Vero cell lines. So they had a moral and an immoral one. Um, it was very, very interesting that they even did that. I'm not quite sure why. Maybe they were trying to experiment and see which one would work better. You know, that's a possibility. Um, but from that, they progressed into a vaccine called Quadricel, which was a, a combination of diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis, and, and that same poliovax. So that one, by nature of using poliovax in the vaccine rather than the IPOL, version that used aborted fetal cells as well next came the big one was penticel now this has got an interesting little i'm going to give you a little background on it penticel is a five in one it combines dtap the diphtheria tetanus and pertussis polio and hib and what happened is that vaccine was available in canada and canadian physicians for life desperately wanted to get a moral polio vaccine Parents were coming into the United States to get vaccinated here because we had moral options, and Canada did not. So Canada um, physicians, Canadian Physicians for Life, actually petitioned Health Canada for a moral uh, polio vaccine called Pediacel that was made in um, the UK and it was, um, you know, available in some other countries. I think France and so forth. It wasn't a bad. Um, it, it wasn't wasn't hard for Health Canada, in other words, to say sure, you know, to to bring it in. So they they it got access to that in Canada. When that happened, Penticel sales plummeted. So lo and behold, the next thing you know, Sanofi Pasteur goes to the FDA and wants Penticel approved for use in the United States, and that was probably around two seven two thousand seven two thousand eight time frame. Mm. Once they approved it, it became what the 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 Advisory Committee for Immunization Practices, it's called the ACIP, they make all the recommendations for which vaccines physicians should be using, mm. and that was one of the um, the vaccines that they uh, chose was the uh, I, um, I'm sorry, Penticel. So, 
now we have a real problem because it's going to be the one that's being requested and um, you know required, and it was causing some uh, problems. So parents didn't want to use that vaccine. At least we did have access to moral uh, options for them. We would tell them, look, you can use a, a vaccine called Pediorix. It's made mm -hmm. by GlaxoSmithKline. Um, I think we talked about Glaxo the last time we we. I'll go into them a little bit later. But parents would use that one. And, and what that did is that combined the polio and the deep chap. But instead of Hib, it combined hepatitis B. These are all vaccines that the children, you know, they're recommending for children anyway. So um, we were okay for quite a while. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> we're going to go backtrack here about a week. Um, I had a, an interesting phone call came in from someone who said, I was looking at the Center for Disease Control's list of vaccines and in their vaccines they in this list they will list all the ingredients for different vaccines and she said i i was looking at penticell and it says that they use vero cells and i said no they don't no they don't they use mrc5 you know <laughs> of course they do i said i'll just go to the package insert and pull it up because the center for disease control has been they have made mistakes in the past on their excipient list so i thought oh it's just a mistake <laughs> And then I pulled the package insert up and noticed it said revised, December yeah. 2019. Mm. And lo and behold, in the description, there it was. The Vero cells were there. And so, of course, this meant I had to go a lot further and find out what was going on. Um, I did find the letter from the FDA approving their switch from the aborted fetal to the Vero cells. And so we say that's like six months ago. Uh, and not even, well, yeah, about six months ago now. And you know, at some point, they will no longer have the other vaccines. Obviously, right now, people, when doctors buy these vaccines, you know, they have a shelf life of around mm -hmm. uh, 15 to 18 months. And so they're going to still have some in stock. But moving forward, mm -hmm. from now on, we're going to have moral um, polio vaccine only in the United States. Wonderful. Amazing. It is. Yeah. It really is. Because I was raising children during all those years, and I remember all of that. Right. And it's it was nice to get to this point. And one thing that I want to point out that I, I really think is important, and I, I'm sure you emphasize it anyway, but with these cell lines, as I say, built on the backs of aborted children, mm -hmm. um, you know the, the child. You know the person that was used to create this. You, you mentioned... Uh, one of those cell lines that was a, a baby girl, I think you said, and it was her lungs that were used. And, and I think that that's important. We, you know, with it, it, I get a little dazed with, with all the different MRCs and XMQs and all the different letters. And um, it sounds like you're talking to the Pentagon or something. But, and I'm sure that a lot of people have that reaction. But I think it's so important that we know the person who was murdered and how they were used. Yeah. And that's the way we need to talk about it. Yeah. And, and yeah. I like your personalizing of it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, really, that's really great you brought that up because, honestly, I just had an email from someone this week who asked me about doing just that, about taking these cell lines that we know as PERC6 and WI38 and MRC5 and giving them a name and a, mm. and a personality and giving yeah. and you know remembering that this was a, a person and Baby. this it was it was really interesting because this happened a few years ago um 
a nun, a very a very pious nun, Sister Marie was her name, and she had contacted me because one of the other nuns in, in their cloister was using um, a product uh, that had the WI-26 aborted fetal cell line in it. And the nun was, when she found out it, she wouldn't use the product. So it was sitting in their refrigerator. It had to be kept refrigerated, and she wouldn't use it. And they decided they wanted to memorialize that baby, and they named the baby hmm. Victor. And then Marie, for uh, that they used Victor Marie. Marie came from a different reasoning, and probably from Sister Marie. But in any case, they named this baby, and they did a. Um, the, they went to their priest, and they did a, a a memorial funeral service for the baby, and it was beautiful. The story's on our website. It's called That's wonderful. Uh, and about Baby yeah. Victor. Oh, it's it's just beautiful what she did. So uh, this then this email came on top of it, and I was explaining to them. You know, this has been done by a nun before, and you're right. Mm-hmm. We should do this. So actually, Bishop Strickland, I was planning <laughs> on asking you <laughs> about the, about doing just what we just said. That's I, I would love to. I would love yeah. to do that. And and to make it even, you know, just continue in that line of thinking, that's uh, just the reality. Um, I just wrote an article recently about the whole, you know, sanctity of life issue. And all three of us could easily not be here we could be memorialized in a horrific way in a vaccine i could have been aborted you could have been aborted dr stacy could have been aborted and we would not be here speaking for life but we would be in a refrigerator somewhere in a vaccine formula you know so i think we need to because i think with the whole um sanctity of life issue when the person is forgotten at whatever Mm -hmm. stage of the spectrum from conception to natural death when you forget you're dealing with a person that's when we get off track and especially it's very easy because the popular i mean we all know too well Mm -hmm. the popular parlance is oh well it's just tissue and and all of those kinds of things we need to make it clear that for people that are about to grasp the sanctity of life or are already there, it enhances the people who believe with us and know this is reality, that these are people, embryonic persons that are being murdered and then their body parts are being used to, you know, for marketing and for producing vaccines and many other things as as i know you know very well but i think we do mark the victory that you've just described um in sanofi pasteur who knows what reasoning they had for uh, making this switch that's a major decision for this uh, company but i believe ultimately the holy spirit is at work and we're instruments in, in whatever small way we can be, but life is life. God is the author of it, and thankfully, Sanofi Pasteur, hopefully, wouldn't it be wonderful, and I know it's your goal, it's my goal now, I think it needs to be our goal as believers that this diabolical practice of using aborted children just stops. Yeah. Because you can have vaccines for all the things we need, including COVID-19, that, do, that are not built on the backs of aborted children. We need to demand that of the companies, of the governments, of 
the churches of everyone. We need to stand for life. Well, I, you couldn't be any closer to the truth than that, um, Bishop Strickland, because, you know, we've seen a change. And I can't, I can't, I would love to be able to say they did this because of um, their morals are hitting them. I mean, seriously, they, but it, there's, there's got to be a good reason that Sanofi Pasteur is taking this direction. Now, the very fact that this is something that happened a few years ago in 2017, there was a company by the name of Protein Sciences. Protein Sciences makes their vaccines using insect cells. They had uh, caterpillar cells, actually. And so the flu block, they made flu block vaccine was one of theirs, and it used the um, caterpillar cells, which we thought was great, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> they bought, when they bought, Sanofi Pasteur bought Protein Sciences, they inherited this technology and platform as theirs. Oh. So now their direction in the future will be to use that. So we know that's what's going to happen with Sanofi. That's the direction. So and I they're one of the good guys listed on your vaccine list for COVID-19. They're one of the ones right. developing COVID-19 without the aborted cell line. Right. And and they're teaming up with GlaxoSmithKline. Now, here's oh. another perfect example of a huge pharmaceutical company that's looking at changing their ways. Um, they came out in 2018 with a moral uh, shingles vaccine. We had never had a shingles. The shingles vaccine made by Merck used aborted fetal cells. This one they came out with uh, did not. And they, it was really kind of interesting because the shingles vaccine, just to give you a little background on this, Merck had always said, we have to use aborted fetal cells because the chickenpox virus won't grow on any other kind of cell line other than an aborted fetal cell. Well, that's absolutely not true. But they said that. Mm -hmm. And so they, when they made their shingles vaccine, all they did basically was take the chickenpox vaccine and strengthen it as an adult you know, version um, of a chickenpox vaccine. The, the vaccine didn't work well, by the way. In, in depending on your age group, you could get maybe anywhere as, as bad the, as the um, efficacy. The older you got, the worse the efficacy was for that vaccine. It would be as low as, say, 30 percent mm. efficacy. That's terrible for a yeah. vaccine. But I think that was just God's way of saying, you know, you shouldn't be using <laughs> <laughs> the aborted fetal cells to begin with. Yeah. Um, and GlaxoSmithKline, when they, they produced theirs, they did it in a unique way, and they used something that's called sapidin, which comes from the bark of an evergreen tree, to elicit an immune response in the vaccine. So it was just great what they did. And their yeah. vaccine is about 95% effective. So, that's great. Yeah. It, and they, they took over the market on it. Well, what happened as a result of that? We went to our bishops. We went to the U.S. Conference of Bishops at the time Cardinal Dolan was still there, um, you know, where Archbishop Nauman is now in the pro-life office. But we asked them to, to write letters and thank GlaxoSmithKline for what they did. And they did. Our, our, um, we, a joint letter was sent from our Florida bishops, and they thanked them and encouraged them to continue making their vaccines morally. And rumor has it that's what GlaxoSmithKline's plans are. So here we have yeah. GlaxoSmithKline who's changing you know, they're getting a conscience, a prick of that conscience going that they're going to look at doing it the right way, teaming up with Sanofi Pasteur, who has now inherited this moral cell line in their platform. This is yeah. just That's great. wonderful. That it is. And, and, I, uh, and like you said, Debbie, I, certainly the main thing is for all of us to come to the truth. The, our, the truth of faith is the truth. Um, and I think to bring the people of God wherever they are, 
whether even they believe in God, they are the people of God. And I think that what you remind me of is absolutely we want to change hearts. That's that's the that's my work. That's my pastoral call is to change hearts, to bring people. I mean, in June, we celebrate the sacred heart of Christ, very mm-hmm. dear to me as part of my whole life. Um, but the sacred heart of the Son of God, we need to change hearts. But if the hearts are lagging behind, the more parents we can say, if they're, you know, if they got three choices offered by the doctor, and they say we don't want either of those abor- abortion cell lines that have no, that have baby names. <laughs> we yeah. want the one without a baby's name. Then the doctors, I mean, it's just marketing. It's yep. supply and demand. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to use both. Absolutely, primarily. We want to convert hearts to Christ. That's why he came to earth. But sometimes that conversion happens, and the Holy Spirit can work in all kinds of ways that we can't even imagine sometimes. But I think even the marketing, even the working with the pharmaceutical companies, just making it a no-brainer for their marketing plan, if tons of people are saying, we don't want those with a baby's name attached. Yep. We want the ones that come from caterpillars or tree bark or <laughs> whatever. That's right. <laughs> Monkeys. But it, and it's such a good PR move yes. for them. You know, it's, it, you, it cannot hurt to have good public relations as a pharmaceutical industry. <laughs> they don't really have a great yes. reputation. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. And I think to me, the, the large issue, even larger, I mean, and, and what you've been tackling for your career is pretty huge. But what I've seen and what it's opened my eyes to is the, the whole abortion machine, the, the taking of unborn life is, is woven into so many things in, in our society where you have these large corporations that fund Planned Parenthood and and make it part of their mission Mm -hmm. to keep the abortion machine strong and and just plowing over people. Um, So what's with getting into the vaccine issues more deeply, and, and I certainly don't claim to be where you are, Debbie, but at least I'm awake to the tragic realities there. But I think what we've got to look at is all the ways that abortion and the use of, of aborted children or the, you know, the use of babies' body parts is, is, has contaminated so many aspects of society. Mm-hmm. I know that um, Dr. Stacy has, has talked to me about uh, hopefully a lot of this has stopped because of public outcry, mm-hmm. but things like even flavorings using, you know, aborted children because, oh, well, you can get a reaction that mimics what it's going to do in a a live baby or a live child. Um, We've, it is so pervasive and it's so diabolical, the the work of anti-life that we just need to keep opening people's eyes to just how pervasive it is. I mean, frankly, we could probably, if, if we trace back, I mean, it, it becomes overwhelming because 
probably the electricity that is operating this building right now that's operating our podcast. You could trace it back to some contamination of, you know, a corporation that is big on the anti-life machine. And, I, you know, I mean, we can't tackle that all at once, but I think it, it begins to open the door and opens people's eyes to we can't build society on the backs of unborn children that have been murdered. And that's too much of what we've done. Well, and, and what's happened is they've created a um, demand, basically. So Planned Parenthood is saying, well, gee, if we didn't have abortion, we wouldn't have all these wonderful medicines. We wouldn't have all these treatments. Yeah. That's baloney. We all know that. But they but they do sell it that way. If you can create a demand, then you... Sure. You, Supply you and get, demand. That's, that's about right. as basic as it gets. Yeah, it's all meshed together because I, I remember reading about abortion ethics from the 1970s. When And that, that issue was they were actually developing infant formula by using the living bodies of children still attached to the umbilical cord and injecting amino acids to see how the little infant's body processed it before they killed the child and chopped mm. up the organs mm. for infant formula. But I rem- And that was back in the 1970s. It was published in Science Magazine. But you read their rationale back then, it was tied to the legalization of abortion. Sure. And the rationale was abortion should be legal because a woman should have a choice. And, hey, if there are going to be all these specimen available of, you know, human bodies, we better, the ethical thing to do, they said, is to use them to help heal the wanted people. Um, instead of throwing them away, and that—that's the—that's the world we live in today. Because yeah. it's not just vaccines and cell lines. Oh, yeah. The even bigger issue is because a lot of people will dismiss that. Well, that's a cell line from back in the seventies, eighties. Um, we're not killing new children for the vaccines. Yes, we are. The the testing, the humanized mice—that's using aborted. That needs an aborted human fetus supply today to be able to make those humanized mice and that's not the only thing there's all kinds of bioethical issues that use aborted fetal tissues right and there's a new cell line too stacy the um the walvax cell line now, this is an interesting one too <laughs> this abortion was done in china and the reason was um because the uh, the chinese wanted to have a replacement for their supply of MRC5 and WI38 because there were their supplies were dwindling and they didn't want to have to reorder and pay for it so they just decided to make their own okay that abortion was done in Wuhan China hmm. really mm, yes <laughs> and of course that immediately raised red flags because of course covid-19 came from there so was the intention really to produce a vaccine uh, to have a cell line available so they could make this vaccine immediately in uh, Wuhan. It, it, it was 2015, so they certainly had plenty of time to do yeah. that development. Yeah. Well, um, really, Debbie, uh, and I like Dr. Stacy because as a, a mother of seven, yeah. she always brings that yeah. perspective. <laughs> and as a bishop of 1.5 million, right. um, that's not Catholics, <laughs> but that's all the, the, all the souls in this mm-hmm. diocese, I'd really like to, to hear and I guess where I'm thinking is moving in the direction of using this diocese as a platform to do some of these things and to get to our parents, to families, to people that are making these decisions, to the, to the hospitals in this diocese, to 
really send, give people the information. These are the cell lines mm -hmm. for vaccines or, or whatever medication that are using unborn babies. And to name them, mm -hmm. Charlie and Francine and Jane and George. And let people know, if you see a vaccine with a, a child's name, that means a child died to produce it. Mm -hmm. Choose the one that Didn't. came from a caterpillar or whatever part of nature that the wonderful scientists are clever enough. It's been proven. Mm -hmm. They can produce the vaccines from other cell lines. Um, and as you've indicated, Debbie, sometimes they can even be much more effective than right. some of the immoral um, unethical cell lines produced from unborn children. So I would love to hear Dr. Stacy's thoughts about how we can right now send out to, to young families that have children that are approaching the need for vaccinations. I mean, I, I never had kids myself, but I remember my sisters with their children and, you know, at certain ages, they'd have to go get this vaccination. And to really begin educating the people here and certainly as we is our philosophy with the St. Philip Institute anyway we teach the people of the diocese of Tyler first and if other people benefit from that teaching that's wonderful because we're all the people of God i mean it, the borders of the diocese it's not something you know nothing stops there but all that i have responsibility for or any authority over is the 33 counties of the diocese. So I would love for the three of us to continue to explore some very practical, concrete ways that we can get this word out and let people know. And then it begins to drive the market, at least in this area. We've Tyler's, for our area, significant medical community. And we have a couple of large hospital systems here to start getting the word out for Catholics, absolutely. But many people that believe in the sanctity of the life of the unborn to, to begin letting them know how we can begin pushing back this culture of death. Yeah, that's right. And, and I, you know, we have a really good opportunity. Um, it, once this COVID seems to settle down a little bit, at least, because right before the, the whole thing exploded, we were working with the U.S. Conference of Bishops Office and several, the Catholic Medical Association, the um, Little Sisters of the Poor, several organizations all joined together, and we petitioned to get the moral measles, mumps, rubella from Japan, okay? If we were to do that, and we would have a moral measles, if we could, mm -hmm. could you know, continue with this one. process, which we had actually escalated to the Office of Civil Rights and Department of Health and Human Services, and they were listening. They wanted more information. Uh, uh, Greg Schleppenbach at the USCCB and I were on a conference call with them in February, I think it was, February or March, and then all of a sudden, of course, COVID hit, and everything yeah. came to a, a standstill. But we, we're going to pick that up again. And where yeah, that would please be, do. Yeah, it, it would be huge for you, in Texas especially, to be able to say to parents, would you like to have your child, they, they usually get vaccinated for MMR around one years old, mm -hmm. would you like to have that moral vaccine? Because if so, we're going to order doses for, you know, where the need is the most, and we're going to have set up with our Catholic health care to give those vaccines. Yep. Yeah. So that's what our goal is. If we did that, we have now we have moral polio. We would have a moral MMR. Yep. The only vaccine. That's the big that, one. Yeah, we'd be looking at chickenpox, which we can we think GlaxoSmithKline mm -hmm. can 
you know, fixed because they've got that moral shingles now. They could just weaken it and make a moral chicken pox. So now, and we got hepatitis A. Some states require it, some don't. But that's, you know, we're, you're, we're getting down there to where we could actually have moral options for every single vaccine. Well, and that's what we need to continue. Anything I can do, I know Stacy is with me to, to support that. Um, but please continue that effort, and we we have to work at it from both sides. Both basically encouraging families and parents mm -hmm. to to use these moral vaccines and demand that that's that's all you're going to vaccinate my child with, and then to that market will help to push, even if people's hearts aren't changed, if dollars start to make a difference, the supply and demand issues, yes. they're going to say, let's go with, because Texas is a big state. I mean, there's a that's lot right. of population that needs vaccinations. And I'm sure these companies say, oh, that's a huge market. This is wonderful. They start, you know, just really being attracted to that and to begin to use that for the sanctity of life. I mean, I think that's what we've got to do. Um, and thankfully, what we're doing at this podcast is celebrating that Sanofi Pasteur, for whatever reasons, but the Holy Spirit ultimately guiding a huge pharmaceutical company to make that shift that, and we need to make it profitable for them to do the right thing. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I would. If your parents out there and you're listening to this, I, it, it sometimes feels so disconnected because if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably fist pumping. You know, you're like, I got it. This is, you know, you're you're motivated. You're going to take that stand. When you're sitting in the doctor's office and you're ready to go, it can be so disheartening sometimes because the doctor looks at you like you have two heads. The doctor's like, oh, no, no, that's just what all those extremists think, and there's really no problem. There's no aborted babies in the vaccines. That's the point that people get stuck on. There aren't aborted babies in the vaccines if, it's, if the issue is growing it in the fetal cell line. The issue is they do use freshly, I don't know It wouldn't exist word. if it yeah. hadn't been and for an unborn going. baby. <laughs> because of that, there's all kinds of ways that aborted fetal tissues are used in research. I can find you a paper on any given day. So if your parents out there, we're, we're saying to you, stand your ground anyway, that, that you don't get a break as a Catholic. You, you have to know your faith and you have to know your science and your reason and your politics and your social issues too because you've got to navigate life in the light of faith. Stand your ground with the doctor. Debbie has all kinds of things on Children of God Children of God for Life website including a list of the moral vaccines and just keep speaking. I've been I was so glad when my children got old enough not when the last vaccine went into my last baby. I was like, "Thank the Lord." Because I'm so tired of this issue and I'm all done. But then what happened? My children started having children. So, you know, I, I'm not ever going to be done with this issue. And I can tell you, young parents, stick with it. Change takes time. And it does work to take a stand for the right thing. Can keep doing it. That's right. And it, it's one thing I want to add, um, just to clarify, when we were talking about what's in the vaccine, there really is cell components and DNA okay. from those aborted babies. People don't realize that. Uh, what happens is, you know, parents or someone will say, oh, there's no aborted fetal tissue in vaccines. Well, there isn't tissue. So that's, you know, it's a technicality. So just to, just to let parents beware of that, you know, sometimes a doctor, if they were to go to the doctor and say, 
I don't want a vaccine using aborted fetal tissue, he would say there isn't any. Mm-hmm. And he'd be yeah. right. Yeah. See? But it's yeah. just semantics. So, Well, in, in going back to our earlier conversation, as we know, with I, I just know from watching crime shows on TV, but um, DNA is a marker for an individual person. So as you speak of DNA, that came from Charlie, yes. Charlie the baby yes, that was aborted, right. and he was used. That's where that DNA came so, from. Mm-hmm. It didn't right. come from somewhere else. You get human DNA only from humans. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so... To me, that I, and I, I think you're very smart um, that, you know, because, I mean, that's the world we live in. Semantics and, and playing yeah. word games happen so often. <laughs> and to, to know the word games and say, no, it's not, not make any claim that it's fetal tissue, which right. even as a non-scientist, I mean, it, that doesn't, doesn't make mean, sense mm-hmm. anyway. I mean, a vaccine's sure. not going to have tissue in it. But right. the fact that it has the DNA of Charlie, the person who was murdered, that's what we need to pay attention to. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Debbie, I, I have a feeling that we were we are not done with podcasts with you. <laughs> Once again, I, I, I I'm overjoyed that it's only been a few months. It was basically mm-hmm. as this COVID nineteen thing exploded. Um, that's when I can't, I mean, Dr. Yeah. Stacy said, we need to talk to Debbie. <laughs> and I said, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm so glad we did. I and, remember. um, I look to forward to one day actually meeting you in person, but it's great oh, to be able to virtually continue this mission of life in the sanctity of life. That's what it's all about. And success at seeing things change out there. I mean, it, it's, right. it's small, but it's something and it, right. and it takes one step at a time. We, we are getting ready to wrap up, and uh, we always like to end these episodes with the takeaway, the one-liner. We call it Into the Chariot because the St. Philip Institute is about St. Philip, the evangelist and the deacons yeah. sitting in the chariot teaching. Um, and the one line we would put our finger on for you to remember from this is, you know, we said before, take a stand to right the wrong. The one line to add to that is, don't be afraid to speak the truth. You, you do have to speak it in love, of course, but don't ever back down from speaking the truth. Don't get discouraged if things don't change right away, talking to myself. Um, <laughs> don't get discouraged if things don't happen as fast as you would like. Because what we see here, so, so be patient. Speak the truth in love and patience and trust and faith. Because what we've seen here is that God was working all things in ways we didn't even know about, and and he still is, and we'll find out someday um, what all is going on here. We're just a part of the story. We're saying to God, grant us the grace to do your will every day. Give, tell me what, that's my problem. I'm sometimes not sure what it is. I'm like, God, you got to like be a little more specific here. I'll do it. I just don't know what it is you want me to do today. Um, but we, we, we sign up to do what God wants us to do each day. So stand for the truth in patience and in love, perseverance, faith and hope, all those Christian things. We're a people of hope. And Debbie, as a, 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 a concrete thing, what I would ask you to do is, once again, I know you've said it before on other podcasts, but how do people access Children of God for Life 
and get the information we're talking about. And that's the the homework I would give anyone that is watching this podcast. I know we all get bombarded with information, but if you've gotten this far in this podcast, it tells me you care about this. Mm -hmm. So Debbie, would you give them that um, website to go to to get this information? And that's what I would ask everyone watching to do, to drive people to your website, because that is information we need to share and to know and to continue to work this mission. That's right. Well, okay, so the website address is www.cog, that stands for Children of God, the word for, F-O-R, and then L-I-F-E, cogforlife.org. So C-O-G-F-O-R. LIFE.org. Now, if you forget, you can just type in Children of God for Life and mm-hmm. it's going to come right up. So yep. it, it's on social media too. Um, we're Very on, good. Yep. So uh, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and anyone that, and email me, you can call us, whatever you want. I'm always glad to help anyone. And again, I would ask everyone to actually go there to the website. And because I think you'll start to read and, and get further information that will hopefully touch on something that that really inspires each of us to do what we can. And together, we can do a lot. Yeah, and you have another podcast episode that you recently recorded, right? Oh, yeah, I did. I did. On Saturday, um, I actually did a podcast with... um, from a show, it's called Doctor Doctor with the Catholic Medical Association. Um, there, and it was it was wonderful because, um, you know, to have the actual physicians there on the line asking questions, and and as it turned out, one of the the host, um, which was Doctor Thomas McGovern, is a dermatologist. So it was great when we started talking about shingles. <laughs> he understood that one very well. So, but it was a great, and we have that um, podcast is up on our. Uh, social media pages and I can put it up on our website too. Yeah, please like to do that, that so that yeah. people can access it. Thank you, okay. Debbie. I'm sure we'll talk to you again before long. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. It's it's a joy and a gift to have your friendship. Oh, God bless you all. Bishop's Thank you. going to close us with the blessing. The Lord be with you. And with, and your, with spirit. your spirit. Almighty God, we ask your blessing for Debbie's work and the work of Dr. Stacy with the St. Philip Institute, for all that I strive to do as shepherd and bishop of the Diocese of Tyler. We pray for all the bishops around the world that we may all recognize the sanctity of life and the efforts we need to make as shepherds to shepherd God's people to the truth that life is sacred. We give thanks for all the ways that you bless us, Lord, and guide us in your Holy Spirit. May we be inspired during this month of June in the sacred heart of your Son, a heart that sacrificed for all of us, and a heart of love that continues to guide us in the Eucharist, in the Word of God, in all the ways that Christ has fulfilled his promise to be with us until the end of the age. We ask your blessing in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.